Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of The Database with Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg. I'm Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg, and you just entered The Database. And for today's issue, we are going to talk about a big issue, and that is the issue of slavery, at least the Torah's perspective of slavery. Um, and once again, I'm not alone. This time I am joined by my older brother, Rav Daniel Eisenberg. Thanks for joining us, Rav Daniel. Thank you for having me back. Always a pleasure to have you. And um, especially for conversations like this one, where we are trying to really get to the core of it. This week's parsh is Parshas Mishpatim, and it begins with a very ironic mitzvah um, instead of halachos, right, coming right off of Yitzhak Mitzrayim in two weeks ago's parsha, Parshas B'Shalach, and Yisra was really just the Hemshech of that, the Kabbalah Satorah, where we become the B'nai Geula, we become free people, and then all of a sudden, we are confronted by the very first of the Mishpatim, which is the laws of Eved Ivri, the laws of the Hebrew slave. And what I wanted to discuss tonight is this concept of slavery. Um, It might be a very broad term, it might have a lot of different meanings, but certainly we have a visceral reaction to this word, um, certainly in a negative light. And I want to talk about considering what the Torah has to say about it, considering what sources are available and considering what American culture thinks about it. Is slavery something that is intrinsically immoral? Is slavery an evil thing? What is the Torah's perspective on that point? So just before we, you know, jump into the conversation, so maybe um, just um, start us off a little bit on what, what are we looking at here? Um, any, any initial thoughts? Well, I, mean, I, I think the, the initial uh, thoughts for anybody at a discussion is just to, to keep an open mind because, of course, the our immediate reaction to grow up, you know, in, uh, in, in, this, in this century, um, in any country or Western society, so the immediate reaction is, of course, slavery is the worst thing in the world. Or, or of course, slavery is a horrible thing, and, and I'm not saying it's not, but I'm just saying that we, we do have to try to think about it and think about what is wrong with it, uh, if there is something really wrong with it, and is there a right, is there something, or, or is it right, or is there an aspect of it being right, or is, and, and maybe within that, is there a right way to have it? And of course, what we can't ignore, and as you pointed out, is that the Torah um, features slavery. And, Torah yeah, and, and it's not just in the narrative. It's, it seems to be part of some of the mandates, some of the halachos are all about seemingly the well, mutter way to do slavery, if well, we can call yeah, that. Both, right, both. So first of all, you have, you have um, righteous people, people that we look up to as role models in Bali Chesed who have slaves, whatever that might mean. We have to define um, different terms that Torah uses for slaves, but it seems to me that righteous people that we look up to um, have had slaves. And also the Torah itself gives us laws, and there is no law in the Torah, you thou shalt not have a slave. Um, There are laws of thou shalt definitely have a slave if they steal from you and they cannot... Uh, or if they steal and they cannot pay, so they're sold by the based in, or, mm-hmm. you know, like there, there are contexts where you, and, and he, he, the slave will serve you forever. And there are, I mean, of course, there are different types of slaves. We'll have to discuss that. Sure. But, um, but 
from the get-go, the Torah does talk about slaves. Now, I'm not saying that the Torah says you should have slaves, that it's a good thing to have slaves, but it's something that we have to really try to think about. And without letting um, the the uh, moral compass of Western society be our moral compass, but we should try to find out what the Torah says and means, that we believe, right, uh, uh, Orthodox Jews who believe in the Messorah, we don't believe that the Torah uh, itself is, is outdated. It could be that the Torah in certain commandments was talking to a specific society at a certain time, but we don't believe that there's a certain point where we become um, morally supreme uh, and superior to the Torah. We don't, we don't believe that. So we have to look at what the Torah wants from us, and we have to try to make, make our best understanding of what the Torah wants for us, no matter what society around us says. And again, just because the Torah talks about slavery doesn't mean that the Torah says it's a good thing. But we have to try to understand what does the, what is the Torah trying to tell us? What was it trying to tell our ancestors 3,500 years ago? What's it trying to tell our ancestors 1,000 years ago? What's it trying to tell our ancestors 200 years ago? And what's it trying to tell us today? It could be it's different things in each generation, but we have to try to find out not what we what, what our instant reaction is, our visceral response, um, what what uh, what the media tells us, certainly not, but rather what do, what do we think the Torah is trying to tell us? Okay, excellent. So we have a lot there to work with, and um, I, I think you make a good point, especially in terms of, you know, like there there are a lot of things, you know, and also going back to Western civilization, um, you're, um, you know, we sometimes we tend to feel that, and it could be where we might be right to make such an argument that the Torah aligns with a certain political party, but I feel like none of the political parties in the traditional sense believe or 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 believe it to be okay this concept of slavery and so what we really have to get to the core of is as 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 you put it to find out what's the torah, the true and genuine torah hashkafa on this matter without um you know with without the influence of anything outside of that um so um with the, with that i think you may you raise another good point which is the two different kinds of slaves so the main slave that is featured in Mishpatim, though I th- we do get the Evakanani as well. But the main um, slave that we find that we confront in Parshas Mishpatim is the Evadivri. And really, perhaps, the, uh, the more quote-unquote controversial, if we can call it that, um, a version of the Eved um, is Evakanani, which might really be more of a Parshas Bahar discussion. But that's where we have the Pasuk that might actually require one, or might prohibit one, I should say, from freeing, liberating that slave. So we'll, we'll get to that. Um, and then the other thing we have to discuss, really, is this term, which we just keep on throwing around and has so many connotations, slavery, quote-unquote slavery. So what does slavery mean according to these different societies? And maybe avdos takes on a very different meaning um, when you put it in the terms of the Torah. Or maybe it might be, you know, you, you might um, find variance in the society, who who are the slaves to which society, right? So as you mentioned, there are really great people that had slaves, and and I'm not just talking about you know the founders of America. I'm talking about, um, and I imagine that's not who you were talking about, but you were talking about people like Avraham Avinu who had many many slaves, and who, who not only had who not only had many slaves, 
but we look at him as the paradigm of chesed. Right. The paradigm of chesed, yeah, I'm going to use the term, I don't necessarily, I won't necessarily stand by it, but I'll use the term just to, to demonstrate my point. He owned people. He was a they slave owner. Slaves. He was a slave owner. He was a slave owner, right? Now, a, 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 a much later uh, Abraham Lahav deal uh, is now under uh, fire from, uh, you know, in, in, in uh, some radical left uh, you know, circles and, and in the family fathers of the country, George Washington, because they, because of their racist policies. Um, and uh, everything has to be understood in, a, in, a, in context, you know, looking at, and, which is different. When, 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 you, like, when you look at someone like, you know, George Washington, for example, having slaves. So, of course, everyone had slaves at the time. You, it's a little bit harder to say such a thing when we're talking about the Avraham as recorded in the Torah. Because the Torah is, is a book of eternal truth. And Avraham is looked at as as the, as a, the northern star that we can never really quite reach. That we mm-hmm. always try to strive for that. Sure. So I could I could actually say that you know what I am actually less racist than George Washington. <laughs> I am not you know necessarily less racist in my time period because I don't know what I mean I, 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 I you know I, I I don't I don't own slaves and I don't think you should own slaves and I I, I don't but you know. Um, compared to my generation, uh, I would probably be considered a racist to some degree. I mean, in our generation, I, I think there's probably maybe 0.01% that, that could be considered not racist, and they're probably the most racist of them all. But uh, looking at, at uh, you know, Avram Avinu and his time, we can't look at him as like, okay, relative to the time, we also have to understand that, that uh, you know, there, there's an eternal truth in the Torah, and Avraham was a Baal Chesed. So there, that... that I think uh, could tell us a lot. Okay, excellent. So as as we go into that, I want to. So let's let's talk about. Um, so the the unavoidable aspect is the idea that the Torah talks about the um, the right way, I guess you could say, or the, what are, what are the rules that govern slave ownership? And so we have Eved Ivri, and there are clear limitations on Eved Ivri, like he can't really work forever; he has to go out at least by Yovel, but he the, the the ideal, if we can call it even an ideal, is that he's only there for six years. But even, you know, even going back to how he became an Evid, it's very clear that the Evid Ivri, at least, being an Evid is not the ideal. That is because there are two ways we know that one can become an Evid Ivri. That is either because he's literally a criminal, he's a convict, who was not able to compensate for something which he had stolen, and, um, and basically... Um, he now is being sold as a slave, whether it's for some kind of penalization or it's for some kind of therapeutic res- re- you know, restoration, something to that effect. But the point is he's, he's getting this treatment because... Yeah, maybe, maybe it's the right term, rehabilitation. The other, the other possibility is that he, um, he, you know, he's, this was a desperate choice that he made. Right? So both of these are responses to his choices. Right. Um, he he, um, he we're not talking about someone who was born into slavery. We're talking about someone who made a, either a wrong choice or made a desperate choice. And now he's a, he's an effort. So clearly these two models are both unideal models, which seem to indicate that it's not the ideal, at least while we're still talking about evidivery. It's not the ideal for a Jew to be a slave to his brethren. 
And in fact, in Parshas Bahar, the Chumash is very clear about that as well. Um, it, um, when, it, when it contrasts a Jew from, uh, for, from a Nevid Kanani, right? so it says in the Pasuk there, um, in pas- it's in Parak Chafei Pasuk Memvav, it's talking about the the Evid uh, Kanani Laolam Laolam Behem Tavodu. So they should work, they should work for you forever, which we'll have to explain. But from your brothers Bnei Yisrael Ishbiachiv Loser De Befarech. That you can't do. You can't have um, you know um, such labor for your brethren. So right so right there, um, if um, if we just looked at Evid we would say this is something that's really not reserved for your brethren, but there are certain times that call for it. Either he needs to be punished, and we're assuming that this is a better is is the Torah's idea of a punishment or a rehab. Is the, this is the Torah's model for it? And of course, again, this is a person's choice because you know no one wants to be an avid, but if you if you're desperate and you need support, so that's a way to get it. Right. So and, and of course. When we talk about the treatment of the Evid Ivri, the Gemara itself says that one who acquires an Evid is one who acquired a master for himself. That if he has right, one pillow, I, I think a lot of people speak about this. That the Evid Ivri right, he has one pillow, he gives it to the Evid Ivri. If he has uh, you know, good quality food and bad quality food, he can't give the bad quality food as Evid. He has to eat the same food as him. That he, he has to, the, the, the Adon, the master, has to treat the Evid Ivri like a full brother. Yeah, but Avery has a still a responsibility to treat his master like a master, but the, right. Evid, but, the but the master himself has to treat his Evid Ivory like a brother, and and it, it you just can't it can barely be called slavery in any terms of the you know slavery that that we're we're used to when you think of you know any other form of slavery whether the Egyptian servitude that we experienced um, whether whether the the uh, the, the, the servitude that the that the Africans uh, when they were brought to America or anywhere else that that they that they were subject to. Right. So we're going to have to come back to that. So it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's, not uh, it's, a, it's a very different type of slavery. What might be closer to that? Closer is Evid Kanani. Right. So and then that's really what we have to get to. So. And and again, this right might really be more of a safer Vayikra conversation, but of course, this is invariably where we start thinking about it. Um, and what you mentioned about how you know the 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 owning of a slave is really the owning of a master, which is basically the words of Chazal. So that's usually our initial justification or defense that we offer. But of course, that would not be able to be applied to the Evid Kanani. So even if whatever you're going to say. Um, it almost seems like hypocritical, maybe, that we're going to, you know, be liberated from Mitzrayim. We're taught that, you know, you can't, um, you know, that, that, that you don't want to be a slave. And yet, here we have the the authorization of slavery. And you might say, and yes, this is what Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, liberating an evidivri after six years is what Moshe Rabbeinu taught the Bnei Israel, even says the Gemara and Yushalmi, even while they were still in Egypt. And... All of this speaks to how we treat fellow Jews. But then there seems to be this Jewish supremacy of some sort when we consider Evid Kanani. And we'll, so we'll go back to that Pasuk that I had mentioned earlier. So um, Perak Achaf Hay in Vayikra and Pasuk Memvav, where we have that famous and maybe infamous for some people, that Pasuk of La'olam Behem Ta'avodu. For um, forever um, with them shall you work, you shall work them. And 
this is obviously um, the source, at least, for what some understand as a biblical command, a biblical prohibition, not to free your Evakanani. If somehow you um, got into contact with an Evakanani, you now own an Evakanani, you are not allowed to liberate that Evakanani. And of course, there's Gemaras about, um, you know, like, could you liberate an Evakanani to help make a minion because then he becomes a Yid, a um, Mimela. So, but, but. Also, this, this is a Mahokas. It's a Mahokas tonight. It be Shmona Bikiva, I believe. Yeah. Um, whether this, this Pasuk that it is, is a commandment or just permission. But, but yes. Right, so the permission would be, this is in, in contrast to your brother where you don't have permission. For, for, a, right. for a non-Jew, you have permission. So I believe that, that, that might be Rabbi Shmuel, and I think Rabbi yeah. Ki, Rabbi, yeah, right. Rabbi Kiva, so if it's Rabbi Shmuel, then Rabbi Kiva would be the other opinion who says that, no, we're, this is a prohibition. You may not free your Evid Kanani. Right. He, is, he, he has to be worked forever. Now, this, this, this concept of the Evid Kanani, so lest we immediately assume that this means that this is an ideal, I think the first place maybe that we really have to look about Evakanani would be in Parshas Noach, when Noach actually curses Canaan, he curses Cham's grandson, and the whole story is a very dubious story about what was the involvement of Canaan in the story, but we know this is the story where Cham, um, he sees the nakedness of his father, and the question is what action did he take? It seems to be that Chazal assume that he did something, and whether it was he sodomized him, he he um, he, he emasculated him, he castrated him, whatever it was. But the point is that um, somehow Canaan had involvement in that, and Canaan was cursed that he was going to be a slave to his brothers. Now we know that Eved Canaan does not have to be literally from Canaan; it could be any non-Jew, which um, sounds like the again we're putting now Jews up on a pedestal, and every and you could have a guy who could be a servant to a Jew. But at least there was a prescription of a curse that was given to Canaan. In, in ancient times. And now we have this concept of Evakanani. So now this might also be considered to a certain degree a punishment for Canaan, the individual. But obviously it's, it's, it's got to be much broader than that because it's not just on Canaan. The, the curse to Canaan might be you will be, you know, even though any guy can be a slave to a Jew according to Halacha, but, but Canaanites will be slaves to their, them, to, to their cousins. So that that's just something to consider, but that that would that would just but that does, so that doesn't entirely help us in terms of um, the, the what the Torah perspective is. The Torah assume that this is a bad thing. It's not so clear for between Jews. The Torah assumes that's a bad thing. It sounds like but, yes, yeah, I would I would say so, and, and yeah, we have to figure out that Eved Kanani uh, piece, and and some suggest I think Rav Kook and, and others will suggest that um, the Torah is really against slavery. Okay. And it's just that it was speaking to, it was like a concession to a world that accepted slavery. And for the majority of world history, slavery, like the overwhelming majority of world history, from at least the times of Noah, there was such a thing as, as slavery. And therefore the Torah was not going to say, okay, no slavery, that's too extreme. 
so it says if you're going to do it, this is how you're going to do it. Now there are some who suggest that what they will have to deal with is that is that commandment according to Rabbi Kiva. Right. So, may, so, so maybe this, maybe what if Hagufa? That's the debate between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmuel. Is uh, slavery of non-Jews uh, is that considered an ideal, or is that considered, um, or is that you know something that whatever maybe for whatever ritualistic reason that we don't understand, this is a reality that Hashem says this is what has to be. Um, versus this is something that's evil. It's, it's evil to own a slave, and the Torah is just conceding, so to speak. Yeah. Like a Dibra Torah, Sahara of some sort, to some degree. Um, but of course, when we're talking about other people, you know, so now we're subjecting other people. Um, but but that's, that, these are all things that we definitely have to think about um, in terms of, again, the, the, the Torah perspective on this issue. Um, one place I think it's important to look would be the Sefer HaChinuch, because the Sefer HaChinuch, um, every now and then he will offer what he believes is the Sharish of the Mitzvah, the time of the Mitzvah. So if, if, you, want, if you want to see it inside, I'll, I'm, I actually want to read to you a piece of it because there's a part that I wasn't sure I understood myself and I wanted to hear if you had any thoughts on it. But he talks about it in Mitzvah Shin Mem Zayin. That's Mitzvah 342. Three, oh, sorry, 347. 347 in the Sefer And the Mitzvah is... Literally, to, to subjugate the, and he's, I guess he's assuming like Rabbi Akiva, the mitzvah is to subjugate, um, um, the, the non-Jew, I guess, that you have, um, that they, that you had to have this avid Kanani. Now, the, um, I, I think before I go into this, it's important to recognize that even the Torah sought the protection of the Evet Kanani, the Ibn Ezra talks about this in this week's Parsha, right? The, you, it's not no holds barred with your Evet Kanani. You can't just do whatever you want to him. You can't treat him like subhuman. In fact, if you do such a thing, if you, if you knock out certain kinds of body parts, clearly demonstrating going over the line, so then, then, then the Torah immediately liberates that Evet Kanani. And, and it seems to prescribe the death penalty for, for uh, intentionally killing an Evet Kanani. So now try to rewind, rewind the world 3,500 years, and did, did, did a slave's life uh, have any value? Could, would someone right. get in trouble for killing a slave? And, he's, and the Torah says, over here, not, not only you can't kill them, you can't, you can't uh, you know, mortally wound them, but, but you, can't, uh, you can't knock out, knock out a, a pinky, right? right. Fingers, ten toes, two ears, one nose, and one amma. Uh, <laughs> Uh, as our, as our, our uh, fourth grader, Rabbi Kaplan, Rabbi Kaplan taught us. So, um, he, he, he never told me what an Amma is. He just told me to tell me when I got older. <laughs> um, but okay. So anyway, but yeah, so, so that's just some so, important yeah, background. The, 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 sli- uh, the slave's right um, to, to exist, you know, and, and, and to live um, is, is his right. And uh, a person has to provide for his slave. You can't right. starve your slave, and, and not only that, you can't even uh, on a lower level. You can't even starve your animal, right? The halacha is right. Halacha is that you, that you you can't eat before you feed your animals. That's a real halacha. So much so, right? The Gemara Brachos uh, uh, tells us that you can even that there's an opinion you can even interrupt every sehamoti lechem in but maybe you could still interrupt and say, oh, quickly feed the animals because it's so critical that you feed your animals before you kavachomer. A human, a slave, but a, but a, a human um, that you have to care for him and provide for him. So it, it, it's uh, definitely uh, unlike 
you know, most of the slavery that we're, we're used to hearing about. So that, that, that right. is a very important point. Okay, so, so now going back to the Sefer Echinuch. So it's now again Mitzvah 347. It's Shin Mem Zion. So I'm just skipping to where he goes to the Misharshe Mitzvah. So what's in the Misharshe Mitzvah? He says, Lefisha Am Yisrael Him Mivchar Haminu Anoshi. We are the chosen. Uh, we, we, we are the chosen of the chosen species. The, the, the human species, we are the chosen ones. Right, so um, again, if you want to call that some kind of supremacy. But obviously, supremacy has different meanings in different, uh, different cultures. Different uh, different societies, but v'nivru we were created lahakir boram literally to recognize our creator ula abed ula abed to to serve before him v'ruuyim lihios lemavadim l'shamishosam and it's appropriate for them to have servants to serve them to assist them v'im ein lahemavadim in omos and he says and if we did not have servants from the nations. He says, in, in any event, we would have to subjugate our own brothers. So, and he, uh, why? In order so that we could be able to serve Hashem, we would, uh, you know, we, we would, uh, we would resort to, 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 ha- to subjugating our brothers, because otherwise we'd be able, we would be unable to serve Hashem. Now it's hard to understand from us today because we don't, you know, we don't have the nations um, serving us, and yet we, you know, we we do our best to serve Hashem. I mean, maybe, you know, but maybe... and, and, and we and we have a free society, right? Meaning, it, it looks like he's talking about a world where they couldn't imagine um, not having slaves. Right, so so that, that's an interesting point. You know, a lot of the luxuries that we have nowadays, the freedoms that we have more than ever before. So maybe, you know, maybe this speaks to that idea that the Torah was speaking to a certain time. So, so let me let me just continue. Um, it says, "Al Cain, therefore, in Stavino Lahachzik Belu, we were told to grab hold of them, Latash Mishenu, for our usages, Amachar Shekashruv and Akara Vodazar Mipiem. Once we have." We have extracted the avodazara from their mouths. They're no longer doing it. Below you, and they're not going to be. They're not going to be a mokesh in our house. It's not going to be a snare for us. So this you can't do to your brothers. Fine. So and then he continues. Clomers have to say you can't. So you, you won't need. This is so you won't be. You won't need to subjugate your brothers. All of us will be prepared and ready to serve Hashem. Will be will be uh, vacant to be able to serve Hashem. And he says, even though you can argue that the Torah's the main point of the Torah here is that you um, it's just telling you not to do backbreaking labor on your brother. But you could do it on, you know, on this other kind of ebed. But there, there are many different um, understandings of the Torah, and so he he says that the, the basic understanding that we're working with at this point is that there is a mitzvah to have this ebed kenani, and he's supposed to assist us in our service of Hashem. Right. So, so I, yeah. I think that the, yeah, sorry, did you wanna? I mean, the, my, my 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 initial thoughts are something that we say that's similar to our relationship in the world with animals now. I, what I'm not saying is that Evikanani is going to be on the same level, or any or any human will be on the same level as an animal. But we believe that animals are part of the general, the, the rest of the world, which was created for our ability to serve Hashem. And it sounds like Evikanani play a role in that same endeavor. Right. And, and I, I, one thing that you, I noticed that you did, um, which is sometimes you translated the word. Uh, Eved as servant. 
and not as slave. It could be I did that and unconsciously, I, but yeah. And and and, and I, I, yeah, I, I don't think it was because it, was, it wasn't so consistent. But the reason for that, I think that's significant because there is a stigma to the word slave. slavery. Mm. And a lot of people will feel more comfortable talking about this as talking with servants. But, but just like to take a look at, at what that word means throughout. You know, we have, um, we have r- r- right off the bat, the, 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 the greatest praise to Moshe Rabbeinu, that he was an Eved Hashem. Right. The, great, who, the person that we look to is, who is, you know, arguably the greatest person who to ever walk this planet, mm-hmm. we say, mm-hmm. what is he? And Eved Hashem. And not only that, Yismach Moshe B'Matanas Chalko. Yismach Moshe B'Matanas Chalko Ki Eved Ne'emon Kreslo. He was happy with his portion to be called an Eved Ne'emon. Right. So, the, so there, there's, the, the, like an Eved is, is something that, right, we say, I'm an Eved Hashem, and that's what I want to be. That's, that's like the, that, and, and, so, and. But do you want to be a servant to humans? Right. So, so some say, you, you, what do you, like, you, how, how dare you claim to be an Evan Hashem? You know, it's, it's, a, it's like a, it's an audacity for some people to claim to be an Evan Hashem when they're not. Um, so we have this term Eved, and Eved Ivri, Eved Knani, Eved HaMelech, right? The Avde HaMelech throughout. We're, we're, you know, the Avde HaMelech are, are, are often not the people who are being, like, whipped and whatever. The Avde HaMelech are, are subjects of the king. Right. So, so when we use the word slavery, we tend to think, you know, you know, uh, beatings over the pyramids or like picking cotton um, and, and, and things like that. But that's not, I, I, that, that's not all of the translations of the word eved in the Torah. Mm-hmm. And so we have to we have to talk about what this what this might uh, really mean. Mm-hmm. So what is so wrong with slavery? I'll tell you what's wrong with what happened with the with the, uh, the slave trades and and, and, and slave know, trades, Germany, bringing, ancient bringing, Egypt, bringing a bunch of, of, of Africans to America, and then right, and then, uh, America's doing all kinds of horrible things to them and making them pick cotton and 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 you know and then, and then having uh, you know like valueless blood. That's a horrible thing to do. Not necessarily because it, we call it slavery. It, it, I mean, we happen to call it slavery, but it, it's there's so much more that's evil. So, so where is the where is the line that, that it's like okay, this is this is absolutely unacceptable, right? Because because some people some people I, I have employees, right? So people who work for me. So, mm-hmm. right? I would use what they do is avoda. They do work. So. I wouldn't call them slaves in English. I wouldn't use the English words, but I call them my avodim. Maybe, maybe not to their face. You know, I mean, I go. So what is, what are those? So, so what's what's the what's the difference? What's what's moral about what I do? Is it that I I pay them? Is that I don't own their time? Because there's some jobs where you you know you you work for like a like a, I don't know a bodyguard who who spends a tremendous amount of time with the person they're protecting. And, and you don't have a lot of the benefits and lunch breaks necessarily that you might get. So is that called a slave? What, what's, what's the problem? What type of, of slavery, of, or what better, avdus, would, would you call moral and immoral? Is it immoral to say that I want to be a slave of God? Is that immoral? So that's so, clearly and, not. Right, of course not. So, so, then, so, so where do you draw a line, and, and what, is it, what is it? Is it, is it owning 
the ownership over another human being because I, I, I own my children doesn't right. mean that I, I, they're, they're the most important people in my life, my children. But, I, but I, according to halacha, meaning I take responsibility for them. If they do stuff, I, I mean, complicated, but I have to pay. But, uh, but, but uh, I have to, you make a good point. I have to care for them. I love them, but they, they, I kind of own them despite them being human beings. So, so what is wrong with slavery? Right. So, so, and you see, like, he, like Rabban Gamliel had so much respect. He would call his servant Tavi, and, and he would call him a Adam Kasher. He would call him a Talmud Chacham. You would call him a Talmud Chacham. You, you know, we don't, we don't, you know, we don't just throw that term around. He would, he would call Tavi a Talmud Chacham. I'm, sure, I'm, sure I'm not sure if you know, by the way, there's a, there's a Tavia. Or, or, or Tavia, I forgot. Or Taviomi? Uh, maybe. Okay. You heard about her? Not. It, 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 I think it's a Midrash Rav. Rabbi Gamaliel had a female servant. Uh, uh, oh, so it's probably, it's not Tavia, it's probably something else. Uh, I think he had a female servant as well, and she was also, he, she also had a name with like Tov. Uh, something Tevi, Te- Tevis, Tevis, I forgot what it was. So there's, there's another one. Could be his wife, I don't know. Interesting. Uh, not Rabbi Gamaliel's wife, uh, Tevi's wife. Um, right, so, so yeah. like, what, what, what is so, like, I'm, this, this, uh, if, if, if this, I hope this line doesn't get clipped out of this year, what is so immoral about slavery? Right, so, so there, that, that, that's what we keep on coming back to, because, because like, we, 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 hear, we hear the word, and it's like, how can you think that you could own another human being for your services? It's like, it's like one second. Like, 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 let's back off for a second and figure out, is, is, is that the problem? Is the problem that there is a person who contractually, you know, belongs to me? Is, 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 is that the problem? And, it, uh, and is it still the same thing if I, is, is it still considered a problem if I treat him with utmost respect? Because there's, there's no one that says anywhere in the Torah, that you're supposed to treat your Eved in a subhuman way. In fact, there are restrictions on how you treat him, and he could be immediately liberated if you mistreat him to a certain, um, to a certain degree. And it's because a certain respect is accorded to him. But guess what? This Eved Kanani, he's a chiv b'mitzvos. In fact, he's actually a level higher. An Eved Kanani, if you think about the holiest thing that a, that a guy can possibly be, so he can convert and become a Yid, but he doesn't, even if he doesn't go that high, if he becomes an Evid Kanani, he is instantly holier than just being a liberated guy. And that's why in our brachos and in Berchas HaShachar, right, so we say Shaloa Asani Goy and then Shaloa Asani Avid. Meaning an Evid Kanani, the next level up is an Evid Kanani. The, the, the ability for him to attach himself to the home of a, of a Yid, right, we were like, you know, like, like Paro saying, you know, better that, that, my, that my daughter Hagar be a Shifcha in the house of Avraham, than be a princess anywhere else. The, 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 that, the, the, there's, the, there's meaning to that. There's weight to that. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, we're, we're uh, talk, talking about what it means to be an avid. So is slavery intrinsically moral? Or, or you know, the, again, there's, there's the way to look at it that, that the concession perspective and there's there, i think there is what to talk about there um but yeah there, no but, i i don't deny that either but i, I still it's but again, but within, within this approach that maybe it's not so it, intrinsically good intrinsically immoral there, there, there's there's an objectively what's immoral? Torah telling us that what's immoral uh having a slave or is is that intrinsically immoral or rather only the abuse of a slave is intrinsically immoral because again the Torah believes, and this is also its, its, own, uh, its own separate discussion, in the monarchy. We believe right. in their being given, God-given, but 
nevertheless given power to flesh and blood to have the power of life and death in his hands. Right. And he can kill people and he can take people's property at will. We would almost call that a third world country today. But the Torah, again, as you mentioned, clearly... Um, you know, espouses to a certain degree. In fact, it, it does. You know, that they're halachos governing a king. There is a mitzvah to appoint a king. We right. have that mitzvah. Now, yes, granted, the way it's phrased is questionable, and we, we've, we've, well, spoken, you've, you've written, we've both written yeah. about that before. Well, we'll have to do another uh, Real Talk to her for that. Right. Um, but, but we believe in a concept of a king, and that we're the Avde Amel. Now, of course... Who has more limitations than the king? That the king has a limitation on how many wives he can have, how, many, how much money he can have, how many horses he can have. He has to literally walk around with the Sefer Torah all day. He has to have one back in his treasury. And by the way, that's, that's the counter-response to this question about Jewish supremacy, if it exists in the Torah. Clearly, the Torah believes in a spiritual hierarchy, but with the higher you are just means the more responsibilities that you have. Right. So, so the king has has tremendous amount of power, and he has to do that with, with, with the greatest humility, the greatest compassion um, and understanding possible. That, that's the responsibility of the king. And then that also becomes the responsibility of, of the Jewish slave owner. He, is, he has an Evan Kanani. You, you better treat him mercifully. Of course you should. Now, there's certain things, you know, about this. So, yeah, you own them. You, you mean you, you take responsibility for them. You, ta- you, uh, you can ask them to do um, labor. You know, Hard, hard, hard labor. You're providing. You're providing for their needs. If you give them a type of work that will cause them damage or pain, so then that's the problem. That's clearly an, uh, an abuse of the power that the Torah gives you um, in the allowance of having having slaves. Right, and I think in all of this, um, going back to this idea that there is a spiritual hierarchy, and we we are placed above non-Jews in this spiritual hierarchy, and that there's a place called Evid Kanani, which is higher than a guy, lower than a regular Jew. But with all of that, at no point does any of this undermine the concept of a Tzalem Elkin that every single human has, which, which owes our respect and care for every single human. And in fact, I, you know, there, there are many quotes from, um, from the, the likes of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who, you know, who was obviously a, a pillar of the civil rights movement. And he invokes the concept of Salem Elohim. Now, obviously there he was talking about civil rights. He wasn't talking about slavery. But I think it's important because the, you, can, you can hear the quote, and two things can be true at once. And it could be, you know, the, the quote that I just uh, that I pulled up, and there, I think there are many, but here's just one that I pulled up. There are no gradations in the image of God. Every man from a tribal white to a, a base black is significant on God's keyboard precisely because every man is made in the image of God. One day we will learn that. We will know one day that God made us to live together as brothers and to respect the dignity and worth of every man. Now, most of that, I believe, is true. Now, the question of gradations in the image of God, I'm not entirely sure what that means, but I do know there are gradations in the spiritual hierarchy that the Torah clearly believes in. And even the Jew is not the highest. A Kohen Gadol is the highest, or a Melech, maybe, probably the Kohen Gadol. And in, in any Jew who wants to go that far can be a Nazir and have the same Kedusha of a Kohen Gadol. There's a lot that you can opt in for. But very clearly, you can have someone... And, 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 and a non-Jew can opt into being Jewish right. also. He can opt into being Jewish, and maybe he could end up it's in Evid Kanani. It's, it's, not, it's not racist. Any, any, right. any non-Jew Yeah, you, you, you could, you could, you could, you could, you could, you could, yeah, if you're sincere, you could always opt for more. 
Um, you know, maybe there's certain things that aren't changing. You can't become a Kohen if you're not. You can't, um, if you're a woman, you can't become a man, um, to my best knowledge in halacha. Um, but so there's certain things that just don't really vary. But the, the, but, but what we see here is that doesn't change the fact that you have the Tzalem Elohim. Even if there are gradations in the image of God, what, what, you know, what, what, what Martin Luther King is, is invoking here from the Torah. I don't, I don't, I don't know if there necessarily are. It could be that the Tzalem Elohim is still the Tzalem Elohim. There's other things. There's other Kedusha, but it could be right. that. that I, mean, the Kim, I mean, the Tzalem Elohim inside each person doesn't change. Meaning that the, right. the, 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 the Kohen Gadol has a Tzalem Elohim and the Evakinani has a Tzalem Elohim. I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not like a, a Kobol, so I can't tell you. Right. And, um, and, but it could, but it could be right. I mean, I, I'm not going to use him as like a, a first source in theology. Right. Source in theology. Right, obviously. But, but, but even, even in Evakinani, we can say an Evakinani who observes all of his mitzvahs and does his job versus a Kohen Gadol who is not doing his job, who's not doing his mitzvahs. So obviously Hashem loves the Evid Kanani more. Um, but, but, but the idea that is that going, you know, as, as we, again, as, as we struggle perhaps emotionally, maybe, um, especially the society we live in with this concept of avdus in terms of uh, using the English word slavery and putting it in quotes, we have to really think about what the, what the Torah means. Because if you think slavery is bad because everyone's created in the image of God, so maybe, you, you know, like... like Again, those those two things might not have anything to do with each other intrinsically. Right. Meaning, you know, like, I'm not allowed to call a plumber to help fix my sink because he's a Tzalmul Kim. Tzalmul Kim. How can I do that? Yeah. Right. Make him work on I your toilet. To, but, I, yeah. but I don't know how to fix it, and he charges a lot, <laughs> so that's okay. You know. Um, so and, and and then you know where 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 do you draw the line of, of what's what you consider immoral? Is it not paying? But what if you pay in room and board and food and 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 caring for his children and all that okay and then and so it's you know what that you can you know they're, 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 it's it's not it's not so so like you know black and white um you know, right. <laughs> and so even within the two approaches, whether you go with the concession approach that, again, the Torah is working within a certain society, hoping that eventually we will weed ourselves off of this complete immorality called slavery versus, no, the Torah actually sees a place for quote unquote slavery or halachic avdus. And um, um, like that, that there is a place in, in Torah for having an Evid, an Evid Kanani, even as an ideal, that this concept of Avdos exists even in the most ideal of places. And of course, this, is, this does not give you permission to mistreat him, but this is just a construct in Halacha. He, he can exist as, quote-unquote, your human property, but who's treated with utmost respect. And, uh, and I, it's just a, a couple of points I want to make. Just again, within I guess this, before I, we close out, yeah, please. Within this approach, that it's ideal, um, meaning again, I, I, I'm not I'm not close to, to the impossibility that it's a concession. But but there there are, is is this this approach that's ideal. You have to try to think of how does someone become an evet? How does, how do you get yourself an evet kanani? Is it that you walk down the street, you see a guy that you that you like? Oh, he looks like a strong guy. Hmm. Let me get a few friends, capture him, bring him to my house, and now he's my slave. That's not that's not how it works. You, typically, someone will get me an Evakinani because either you bought him from a guy, or, or a guy was selling him, or he was a captive of war, and instead of killing him, right, you took him as a, a, as a slave. So the alternative was death, um, and <laughs> and or 
being a slave to a non-Jew. And for sure, it's better to be a slave to a Jew than a slave to a non-Jew. Not even just for like, you know, religious reasons, for very practical reasons, because Jews I mean, are we supposed to be merciful and respectful. I mean, we, we see what other nations, what other nations have done to their slaves. And the right. Jew, that, that certainly does not, that, that does not stem with the Jewish ideal in any sense. Not, not, not at all. So, to, you know, to, 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 be, to be killed in war or to be uh, enslaved to a non-Jew, the, the, the alternative of being, uh, of, you know, being, living in a, in, a, in a Jew's home, being taken care of, working hard, but, but having your, your needs provided for you uh, was normal. And, and, I, and this is why I, just, I, I think to, the, the way the, the Rambam um, ends, ends his Hilchus uh, in the, 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 the last halacha, I think it's just, it really makes everything, uh, puts everything in, in, into perspective. Again, we hold the halakha like Rabbi Kiva that you're not supposed to free your evan. But the, the last halakha in the he, he says straight out, You're allowed to work your evan kanani with hard labor. But then it says right after, Even though the halakha, this is the halakha, Midas chasidus v'darche chachma she'iye adam rachman. Midas chasidus... And the, and the ways of Chachma is that a person should be a Rachman. So piety and wisdom. Yeah. What? Yes, I was just translating. <laughs> piety and wisdom is to be a Rachman, to be a merciful. Yes, right. And, and a, he says, Rodef Tzedek, to chase after justice. Tzedek, justice. Right? That, that, that's the word you hear nowadays. Right. Velo yachbid elo alavdo. Don't weigh his, his yoke too heavily. Velo yatser lo. Don't, don't cause him... You know, don't oppress him. And give him to eat, give him to drink from all the food and all the drink that you have in your house. And then it says, this, this happened. It's, it says the Ramam. They would give their avadim everything that they had. They would give their 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 behemos and 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 their and even their avadim before themselves. And 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 it just basically goes, the, 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 the continues. Uh, don't don't embarrass him. Don't disgrace him with your hand, or don't slap him in the face, or or, or tease him, or even with words. You can't insult him. Says he was given over to you for avdus, not for busha, not for disgrace and embarrassment. Mm-hmm. He's not yours to do whatever you want with. That's not why Hashem put him in the world, and why He let him He let him work for you. Below Yarbalot Sadak Saaka, you can't give him some. Don't don't scream at him. Vichas and anger. Ela Yedabrimo Benachas Viyishma Tanosav. You hear this? Listen. Treat him Benachas with comfort, with ease. Viyishma Tanosav. Listen to his complaints. He says, "I don't like the working conditions." Listen to him. Help him out. It's pretty incredible. You're like this is not the slavery that we think of when you hear the word slavery. <laughs> This 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 is not the this is not this is not the Kamjas, this is not it's right. This is not what you know or, or, what uh what the typical slavery thing is and he quotes Psukim in E of the supporters in Vena Achzarius wa Azus Mutsuya Elba Akum of the Avodazara. He says the Achzarius cruelty of Azus and brazenness is only found by by the uh, worshippers of of, of, of uh, stars and constellations and And that that's where he could have been a slave. He could have been a slave to those people. Like you were saying before. he says, but the Oh Avram who owns slaves. Who also had Nebed, Eliezer, who's very proud to be Avram's Ebed. 
I think that's the most, like the most incredible point here, um, and I'll let you finish yours. Um, but it's like the beauty and, and and incredible wisdom and spiritual and moral advancement of the Torah is not that the Torah is anti-slavery, but it's that the Torah shows you the absolute most pristine way to own an evid. Not in Nazi Germany, not in in America, you know, exactly. This is not, yeah, this is, we're not, we're not talking, uh, concentration camps is, it's, it's, it's light years away from, from uh, what we are discussing here in, in, in in every, and even Evan Kanani, not even close. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me for this incredible conversation. I, I, you know, I hope um, you, our listeners, are enjoying it as well, as much as we have. I think we've learned a lot. And um, it's always a pleasure to have you, Rav Daniel, and Bezras Shem to many more. But in the meantime, that's all we have left for this Real Talk Torah. So keep it real, keep talking, most importantly, keep the Torah. Thanks for joining us here at the database.